This is the MS Show, the podcast for people with multiple sclerosis and their families who want information and inspiration. I'm Bron Webster. I've been living with MS for over 20 years. I'll be sharing with you tips, stories and ways to keep going with MS. Well, I'm really pleased today to be talking with Jerry Vandenberg and Kelly Dubenville from the MS Best Bet Diet and Lifestyle. Thanks ever so much for joining me and we're doing a bit of a, a crossover joint podcast. So do listen in. So Kelly begins by asking me about why I started the MS Show podcasts. What were you finding was missing from the podcast that you were listening to and the voices that they had? What was missing for you? I think I was, I'm looking to make sure that it's UK voiced. I was hearing an awful lot of talk around the struggles about the US medical system. Ah, yes. Okay. Etc. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, you know, we need something that's UK based, but also something that is not tied to any particular way of MS life or any particular pharmaceutical company. Yeah. So just general, so that yeah, that was really important. Yeah, that was really important. Yeah. Um, that I I'm not affiliated with anybody and that everything that I produce can be part of a wider network and people can use the information as appropriate for them and informed and choice. So that's what I was really wanting to make happen. Um, so I've lived with MS, I'm coming up to 50 and I was diagnosed at 26. Yeah, we have really similar timelines. Yeah. yeah. So I, I did hit 50 this last year, Woo, December. Mm-hmm. Um, so thankful it wasn't 2020. Um, and then uh, 94 would have been. Yeah. So you've got diagnosed a little earlier. Yeah, but not but, much. But around yeah. the same time. When there was no DMD, right. there was no internet. Right. I know. I had to go yeah. to a library. It was crazy. <laughs> and and yeah, I just I spoke to my dad because my dad has it. My dad has multiple sclerosis. Yeah, I just spoke to him. So that's a whole other layer to education that most of us don't have access to then. So you would have had a chance Mm -hmm. to ask someone directly and to validate your feelings and emotions and fears and all of those things. Do you know what? We never did. Oh, no. We never spoke about it. He didn't even tell me. Yeah. Until probably two years after my diagnosis. Wow. So I think there are different camps of people when they get a diagnosis and he just kept it to himself very much. So I didn't, I do now talk and ask, is this something you've ever had dad? But I just had a a positive role model, somebody who at 70 odd is still mobile. Uh, That's an awesome story. But does it also then motivate you to share information? To share information with other people Yeah. In terms of my story. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I have done quite a lot of sharing of my story to the point where I don't feel the huge need to share my story. Now people will know to come to me. So I don't do an awful lot more sharing other than bits that will be in the podcast because it's more about hearing other people's stories. Bron, I listened to one of your episodes and you mentioned that you are a test patient of some sort. Can you tell us a bit more about that? 
as medical students are training as part of their medical rotation, they go through the neurological rotation, the bit of um, their learning. And so they have set up a bank of expert patients in various neurological diseases. So they've got myself, who's an MS patient, and then they've got a Parkinson's patient and a neuropathy patient. And we are invited to go in and work with the groups of students who practice their consultation skills. So they get to put me through a neurological exam and they get to talk to me about symptoms and I get to feedback how well they did it, how confidently they came across when they were looking for a particular reflex. And I get to feedback on questions and the way that they ask them and also some sort of pet favourite questions of mine that I always tell them is really important for them to consider. So it's a two-way process, but I am essentially there as a patient for them to practice. And I think it is such a valuable experience. They all love it and they all say they've got so much out of it. So I'm really proud to have been asked to get involved with this because it's an important part of, I think, what I'm hoping is going to develop into a relationship between the patient community and the medical community here in the UK. And you've also got another angle to MS, you do some sort of counselling? It's not so much a counselling service. Um, What I offer is an online self-directed learning platform through at the minute Facebook group so I don't do anything that puts me in the front line because with my MS I'm actually a bit unreliable so I've taken those kind of things out of my life as much as possible so I don't do any counselling but what I what I am developing is a program where people can come along and go through a process where they explore their feelings and they can understand where they fit into a cycle of loss and grief and then move forwards with that. So that is something that I offer, but everything that I do is free and it's it's self-directed. I, I like that approach because a lot of the times when people um, who have friends of friends find out they have the diagnosis of MS, I get a phone call or a text that says, hi, can you chat with somebody or so-and-so they're you know they're really grappling with this um and what i find Mm -hmm. 50 percent of the time someone will reach out to me and 50 percent of the time they won't um and it's totally personal and so just being have it self-directed might be really nice right yeah and not just chatting with a a stranger that someone else has set you up by text yeah and i I think i get the same and and nobody typically very rarely does somebody contact me and i totally get the the whole coming out with MS. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that for a lot of people, they're just not ready to talk about it. That's something that I thought has got to be available. And if they want to do it, that's great. And it's, there's no time pressure on anything, no expectation. What I'm looking to do is put together a series that is looking at lifestyle with MS. That's when I came across the work that you're doing and so I thought it'd be really really fabulous to get some information on there so I would really love to hear what it is that you're doing and aiming for 
essentially the whole best bet diet was started by a few people one of the one of whom is actually from the UK Judy Graham I believe uh, and an author named Swank and some others who came up with this theory that MS is, can be strongly controlled by diet the founder of our charity Ashton Embry whose son was diagnosed with MS in the late 90s put it together into more of a comprehensive diet based strategy essentially as the theory goes the body is set up to have adverse autoimmune reactions through proteins that are consumed by diet, as well as viruses that trigger autoimmune reactions, and set up the antibodies in a, in a person with MS, which can later come back and essentially self-harm the nervous system. And so this, this theory was really formulated in the late 90s, and around the year 2000, early 2000s, we started adding the vitamin D recommendations based on a lot of associations that were at that time not really directly studied, but seen as associations in the literature. And it was really the nurses' study of, I think, about 300,000 people in the early 2000s that cemented that relationship. And at that point, neurologists actually started recommending vitamin D. Prior to that, if you went to a neurologist, at least in North America, they would not make any recommendations around vitamin D for MS. So it was sort of an accretion of different theories over the years that came together to, I guess, come up with this set of recommendations, which we now have on our website which is really around eliminating gluten, dairy, legumes, sugars, and sticking to basically a lot more natural foods, unprocessed foods, and supplementing with vitamins, particularly vitamin D. I know, Kelly, you were sort of living by that diet already. I think you were following the Swank recommendations, which are pretty similar. And so in terms of lifestyle, maybe you can pick up on that. Sure. Yeah. So um, my... Timeline parallels um, Ashton Embry's son's timeline, and we happen to be from the same city, but that was just simply coincidental. Um, I, like you, Bron, um, when I got my diagnosis, there was no internet. So off I went to the library and I found the Swank Diet book. And I found a couple of other really positive MS stories because I had grown up in a, um, in a family whose my mother's best friend had MS, and, and the story wasn't as positive as I imagined I would like mine to be. So I went looking for really positive outcomes and I started to follow the Swank diet after I had opic neuritis. And I also had, um, and still have today, um, a general practitioner, a doctor who I work with, who allowed me to self-direct um, my the management of my MS. Um, so at the time in 1994, it wasn't as common to be referred to a neurologist immediately. Um, and so he said, let's just see where your progression goes personally, and we'll manage it as we go. Um, so I actually waited to have my first MRI until about 2002 when I stopped working and after I had three small children all around the same time. So I began to follow Swank, but what I loved about following direct MS is that there is a research part to it. There was a validation of what I was doing. There was um, something to back up my decisions. So um, Swank had a ton of research as well, so I love that. And so I followed anything that scientifically looked like it might help me to manage my disease. And part of that was my dad had had a heart disease and a heart bypass, and I thought, okay, I have something that is in my brain. What do I do to keep my brain healthy? And for me, that was modifying pretty um, active uh, lifestyle down to a manageably active lifestyle. So in terms of training and exercise, I modified but stayed incredibly active. And I 
pretty much modified my entire diet to be non-processed and to, for us and our family, there's celiac disease, so we don't include gluten in our um, diet. And I am lactose intolerant, so I don't include any dairy in my diet as well, but it's pretty much a very healthy diet with no processed food and following best bet and the Swank diet and looking towards the vitamin D research, I was able to be on high omega-3s and high vitamin Ds very early on in my disease diagnosis. I am 26 years along and I'm not on any medical protocol at all. And I have a very active life. So I'm able to do yoga a couple of times a week when I'm feeling like it and a bar class and I can ski during the winter and I golf during the summer. I just did my first 18 holes yesterday and it was freezing cold, <laughs> um, but, um, but they opened up the golf course here. So I thought I would take advantage. Yeah, and can walk my dog. And I was able to raise three children who are now, two of them are 21 and one of them is 20. Um, I did do a little work on the side, um, but it allowed me through the diet and through modified exercise, like not um, training for races anymore or anything like that. It gave me a really, really healthy outcome. And I know this disease like you know, and as you mentioned, Braun, is it can be something new and exciting every day, right? It can be mm -hmm. so I'm fully aware of that. So what I'm really, really grateful for in finding direct MS and knowing that it had me on the right path is that I've had these number of years of really healthy, active living um, and positive living. Yeah, it sounds like that's just really great. And I think I've probably ended up unintentionally being quite close to the best bet diet, having gone through a few different iterations of things. Um, can I just ask then, what is the difference between the swank and um, the best bet diets. So I still have my Swank book, my diet book that I uh, <laughs> would have bought um, back in the day. And there were a few subtle differences. So for example, um, the Swank diet includes dairy. And for me, that's not a, a particularly great choice. The Swank diet, when you originally start on it, has you really modify and take things out of your diet uh, very immediately. And that was incredibly helpful to uh, start me on a path down this road, but I needed everything to be incredibly manageable. Um, and I find Best Bet is just a little more manageable for me because they have more um, recipe-oriented help for me. While mm -hmm. the Swank Diet is a recipe book, it probably wouldn't have the diversity that I would eat with now in my diet. So more flavor, more taste, more options, um, things like that. Yeah. For me. It, yeah. It has, uh, the Best Bet Diet has progressed with our tastes and, and flavors as, you know, as cultures and as we broaden out our likes and dislikes. Mm. Yeah, and it's it okay. has actually they've now put it on the website for free download. Yeah, it was a project of yeah, I saw I saw that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw that that the recipes were on there. Yeah, um, so I'm going to be yeah taking a little look in at those. I also um, have an addiction to dark chocolate. Is <laughs> is that part of the best bet diet? I, it is. It's not, it's 90%, I should say, dark chocolate, so I don't feel like I'm cheating on my best bet diet. Um, <laughs> but I would probably say under some of the other diets, they probably wouldn't be too proud of me, but yeah. Yeah, but it's working for yeah. you. It is, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, um, yeah. yeah. So I know you said that it is a hugely evidence-based approach to life, isn't it? with MS, and I know you've, you've covered that already. What would you say is the ease of being able to adopt the best bet lifestyle? 
grocery shopping is very easy. <laughs> and and mm -hmm. even particularly in a day and age, I don't know about you, but here we've offered a lot of online grocery shopping um, during these times. Um, and it is, it's, yeah. it's a very simple lifestyle to follow um, because I like to do one active thing in a day and that could be walking my dog or it could be now an online yoga class or a bar class, just staying active. So I prescribe myself that one thing a day. And I don't, um, you know, um, hold myself to it if it's something just small, right? And and just got me moving because I think that's great for brain health. And then on the diet side, it is a simple and straightforward diet to follow for me. Um, and I don't know if I even think of it in, as a diet, so to speak. I just think of it as eating well for my brain. Yeah, that's really good. Um, it certainly looks as though there's nothing on there that's difficult to obtain. So I have tried a few different regimes. I've tried the regime that requires bone broth and lots of offal meat. So that is the Walls protocol. So yes, I've I've tried a lot of a lot of different approaches. Can you just clarify in terms of its origins? It is predominantly and Jerry, I don't know if this is, is one for you, but is it, it's predominantly North America and the UK that were involved originally. Am I right? It does tend to be mm -hmm. the northern regions, so the far polar regions, and we believe that's strongly associated with vitamin D deficiency. So in other words, the Scandinavian countries, Canada, UK, generally the further north you go, the higher the uh, prevalence of MS. And as, as well, the further in, inland you go from the coast, as you move away from a fish diet towards a, a grain and meat diet, there's a clear ge geographical basis for it in both the mm. north and the south, although it's weaker in the south because the southern continents aren't as far south as we are north. And if people are wanting to reach out and get support uh, and they're wanting to go ahead and incorporate the best bet diet and the changes what do you advise them to do well we have a lot on our website so not the website of the podcast but the original charity website direct-ms.org and that's mm -hmm. essentially that's actually what i created when i first got to see what ashton was doing um, that's how i got involved as i started laying it out on a website because i thought there's a ton of information that ashton's generated we tried to lay it out in a fairly logical order. So, for example, on the nutrition part of the website, there's a cookbook, recommendations, recipes, supplements, all of the sort of practical information somebody might need. And if you're more into the science and you want to understand it, we've laid out a section of all of the research that we've used to come up with these series, as well as the research that we're funding ourselves. So that's Typically, what I would tell somebody is start looking through the website, and that maybe yeah. reflects my bias as a scientist. That's how I like to learn is to kind of churn through reams of information. We've also got some videos that we've had some guest speakers come in that kind of go through some of the important concepts. So we've had Terry Walls come in twice, Dr. Veith, who is a vitamin D researcher. Typically, when we funded researchers, we asked them to come and present their findings. And that's usually done in Calgary, mm -hmm. Alberta, Canada. Uh, but we webcast it afterwards. So there's a, a load of information online that people can find in order to progress with this for themselves. We have put a lot of information up there for people. It's kind of our 
our target audience, I think, is people who like to dig into the data and find out for themselves what, what the research shows and try and get a really solid understanding of all the mechanisms behind MS and why the, why the diet might help them. Well, be well. I'm going to keep listening thank to your you. podcast. So thank you for that. I appreciate it and all the work you do. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. Great to, great to meet <laughs> you. Thank you ever so much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for okay. reaching out. <laughs> thank you ever so much. All right. Bye. Talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's MS show. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And if you'd like to get more involved with the MS show, why not join our Facebook community? Just search Facebook for The MS Show. Come back soon for another dose of MS information and inspiration. You've been listening to The MS Show podcast.